0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Hecate Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Finnig, and I'm so excited to have Haley here uh, with me. And we are going to dive in to what's keeping you stuck when it comes to marketing the things that you've already created or want to create and lead generation, which is important because without that, without customers and clients, we don't have a business, right, without that ongoing. So Haley, I'd love for you to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I got started in coaching, the coaching industry, and getting my first certifications back in 2010, and I knew I wanted to have my own business. I just wasn't quite sure what I wanted it to look like, and so I ended up getting my bachelor's in entrepreneurship and then thinking, oh, you know what? I'm not ready to start my own business, so I started working in business development and marketing for wellness startups, and I loved it. Um, but then I realized working in the startup world that, you know, nobody feels really ready and you just have to start. And even the people on my team were still figuring it out. So I ended up in 2017, one of the startups that I worked for, because it was a wellness company, had a bunch of delays with what they were trying to do and the entire team was let go. And so I decided at that point, I might as well just start my own business and I might as well do what feels really natural to me, which is helping Individual wellness based business owners and service providers with their marketing and their business development. And so um, ended up doing that and now have expanded, but I started a podcast called Health Coach Nation for wellness, you know, business owners who want to grow their business. And nowadays I do um, LinkedIn lead gen services for B2B business owners and uh, marketing and sales coaching for service providers and specifically a lot of coaches. So it's been super fun it's been a interesting journey and um that's kind of how I got into all of
0: this wonderful I think it's so needed because having been in the wellness industry for a long time uh, which of those who are listening know usually well most of the people know you know I've blended my wellness and my business and marketing background as well just like yourself but in a different way um and you know having known a yoga studio and wellness Center for over five years like marketing's essential there were yeah. 30 other yoga studios in indianapolis at that time and um and i'm sure they're growing even more and what happens especially in the wellness industry we want to serve and help people like oh we want to bring this to the world and but without a marketing that masculine energy of a marketing plan behind it it will flop like yeah. there i mean there's a balance i talk a lot in this podcast about the balance of the vision and then the action plan around that Um, we need the balance of the feminine and the masculine, but so often I see, oh, I want to teach Pilates. I want to teach yoga or I want to do personal training or be a health coach or that sort of stuff. And there's, you have to rise above the noise and you have to have that action plan in place um, and that strategy, not just the plan, but the strategy in place and, and, that needs to happen before you launch into the world. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think so many people have an amazing craft, like they love Mm -hmm. coaching or they love teaching yoga or they love Pilates or whatever. But if you don't, it's your duty and your responsibility to if you really want to make an impact, you have to learn sales and marketing to get it out there. Mm -hmm. It will remain a hobby because, or a craft, because if you can't, you know, have clients going through your offering it's um, you might be doing it for free. You might be doing it for fun, but then it kind of becomes, oh well, I gotta make time to actually make a career and make a living, and so it kind of gets put on the back burner. So I think it's really essential to learn those skills so that you can keep your craft.
0: Yeah, exactly. And learn them or outsource them. You know, like um, exactly. I was talking because I have an agency that helps too, but like not, you know, if you're a solopreneur, you have to kind of learn them at first mm-hmm. or organize yourself that you start to outsource that. I was talking to a client and she was like, well, I have to learn all this stuff first. And I was like, well, actually you don't. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, you
0: could organize your company so that, you know, you don't have to learn everything. But I think it is good to have some awareness and understanding of it and then possibly delegate uh, because everybody's in a different place. If you're a one person show, you do have to learn it. Yeah. Um, and then right. decide how you scale. But yeah, if you don't know how to market yourself, it, you'll just hear crickets for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think you're right. Like it depends on a couple things. How much time, money, and effort do you want to put into it? Right? And it's going to determine if you're going to outsource it or do it yourself. But I do think, and I will say, you need, as you said, you need to have at least a basic amount of knowledge so that if you do outsource, you know what to look for in a good team and what metrics to be looking at or asking them about. Uh, or you could even show them if you're, if you want to save money and not have to hire somebody who's already trained on it, you could train them on it and hire somebody who's not an expert at it as long as it's the steps broken down for them. So I think there's exactly. different mm-hmm. avenues people take, but like yeah. for me, I'll say with Facebook ads, for example, mm-hmm. I did hire it out without knowing mm-hmm. a lot about it and I regret that because I now am, you know, educating myself on it. And I knew I didn't have the right things to ask or ways Mm -hmm. to know if they were doing a good job or not and whatnot. So, you know, there's different scenarios.
0: And I agree. So to me, that is whether you step into your CEO leadership self or, or not, like choosing to do that. Because... You don't have to know every aspect of it, but if you want to make things work and make your money work for you, because, you know, you can hire someone to do your social media or Facebook, but if they have no clue about your industry or your audience or anything like that, you have to guide them through that. And that's where you need to know that marketing knowledge um, and be coached through that. And then if you want to move into your CEO leadership self, you know, in, in your, in company, whether it's one, two people, or 10 or more, um, to really know, yeah, what questions to ask and that sort of stuff. And, and I think that's when marketing coaching is important because you, then you get to, especially in the online course world and the coaching world, like those are things you have to know. You're not, you're not pitching a product, right? You're pitching a service. You can package them as a product, but you're not pitching a serv- a product in like e-commerce or something like that or you're not just a lawyer offering this one service or two services, which might be easier for a Facebook ad company to do. It's really nuanced and you need someone like yourself or my team, you know to really understand the spiritual entrepreneurship, the wellness entrepreneurship world because it is very different. and yeah. there are a lot of things otherwise you are just spending money for things not to have a return on investment. right? And I, I think that's key for marketing. So I'd love for you to share kind of like when you're coaching uh, someone, you know, who might be a solopreneur in wellness or any industry into marketing, like what, what do you do? Like what are the things that they need, really need to know
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so that they can make their marketing effective, whether mm-hmm. they do it themselves or outsource or start to scale their company.
1: Definitely. Great question. So there's kind of two frameworks that I want to refer to. Um, one is I have a framework called Grow Your Business the Fast Way, and it's an acronym. Mm-hmm. And it basically just summarizes what are the different components you need to look at and evaluate in your business and or get a system for. So mm-hmm. it stands for followers, action, sales, time management, and transformation. And what I mean by followers is what who are you trying to attract? So making sure you're clear on who you serve and your message, um, but then what are your ways to generate leads every week? And I think a lot of people think that they need to do all the things all at once. And mm-hmm. I think the key actually is to decide on you know which one or two things are you going to double down on that's the lowest hanging fruit first and then create a system around it and then keep expanding from there. Um, So a lot of my clients end up starting with local marketing or a lot of my clients end up starting with LinkedIn lead gen if we think that that's the best fit for who they serve. So it'll depend. But that's um, one thing we have to look at is how are we going to generate leads? The action piece is how do you create a message and content and an offer that's compelling enough that people want to take action? So this is where I see a lot of people guess what they market wants or make something they think is really cool. And then they find out, oops, nobody wants this, or I'm not comu—I'm not articulating the value in a way that people want to buy this. So this comes down to your copywriting, how you communicate with your audience, how you build community. And then the sales piece is how do you, uh, what's your business model? So do you have a big offer and a small offer? Do you have um, a product, do you have a service? Like, what does it all look like? And how do you lead your sales process? For most of my clients, if they have a high ticket thing, they do discovery calls um, or some kind of like webinar. If it's a low ticket product, it's maybe more something that has more volume. So determining like what is gonna be your sales process and how do you coach through the common objections in your marketing and how do you price things? And if they need to build out their offer, I help with that. And then the time management is, Where is your time best allocated? So what are the client generating or sales generating activities for you? How do you say no to all the shiny objects, things like that? And then transformation is two things. One, what's a personal transformation required to be the business owner you want to be? So a lot of times people have to open themselves up to, I deserve this, or I can learn tech or um, things like that some mindset blocks may come up along the way. So I can coach on that because I'm a life coach. Um, But then the other part of transformation is making sure the point A to point B of your offer is clear, making sure you have good testimonials or case studies you can use and having your own differentiator, your own framework, your own system, your own thing that communicates what you do tangibly, as opposed to just saying, I do X service or I sell this good, what makes it unique or different? So that's one framework. But to take it one step deeper, there's something else that um, I talk about and it's called the four basics of client attraction. And basically any marketing channel you pick, you're going to kind of go through these steps. So whenever you get overwhelmed about like, wait, what am I even doing? What's my purpose on this platform? This is what you want to think about. So the first thing is connect, which means connect with, who you're trying to serve. So that could either be sending connection requests on LinkedIn, that could either be connecting with your audience in a summit, that could be connecting with your audience at a networking group or speaking locally, whatever it is, but you have to connect and, you know, get in front of them. Engage is the second step where you want to ask what is it that they want to need or what would they find useful or what did they have an interest in so that you can deliver directly to them. And that's the next step is pre-offer so that's like where you'd say oh i have a free lead magnet about blah 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 whatever they've shared with you or you know that they want or need you deliver a quick win in advance for free to build that trust or for a low you know low cost usually um and then the last step is sales and that's where it's like okay how did that freebie go we have the trust now we've had touch points. And now maybe they're ready to go into your paid offer. Now, not everybody makes it to the sales stage. Obviously, they might stay in the pre-offer stage for a while and keep getting nurtured. But that's kind of the whole the whole journey that somebody takes before they work with you. That's what we want to be thinking about.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Um, I think it's good to have those strategies because people do get um, a little, like, overwhelmed with whatever, whatever marketing, like they're doing, whichever path they're going on, it can be overwhelming, especially if marketing isn't your thing. Um, And so I think it's good to have a framework. And I also agree on like, you have to be lead generating and nurturing. Because, um, you know, someone had told me a long time ago, if you look at like the astrological stuff, like uh, certain signs will like, Totally sign up in a hurry. And then you have like the earth signs who take a lot longer to make a decision. and and so you have to nurture in that sort of stuff. Um, what do you think, Haley, uh, is like the if someone is let I'm trying to think of some examples of my clients too, because I have a range of clients. So let's say someone is shifting. And they've been working in the field for a long time and they're shifting, wanting to launch a coaching program, for example. They have some, uh, they're relevant and in demand in one way, but they've never really had the online and they want to start shifting and working from home, uh, having more flexibility and that sort of stuff. What do you think one of the first things, you know, whether it's the first part of your framework, um, they should start doing when it comes to putting that, let's say it's a one-on-one coaching program together and actually marketing that?
1: Yeah, well, I think it starts with the product itself and making sure that that you're clear on what is the offer itself? What is the outcome of the offer? What's the so what of the offer? So it's not just coaching. What is the so what in their life that your client's going to experience when they're finished with it? And how do you make it easier, take less time, less inconvenient, um, you know, make it show them that it's very doable for them and that they realize they can achieve the goal? Making sure that that's all tight first. And of course, your offer doesn't need to be perfect before you launch it. You need to not get into that space where you're like, I've been perfecting this offer for three years. You know, you're going to have to do it and get feedback and adapt it. So I am a big fan of like, do a test group or, you know, do a beta group or something that is, um, or for private, I guess, a beta offer for them. Um, That maybe isn't what you're going to charge in long term, but it's a starting point. There still should be a price because if you want people to actually fall through and do it, you you want them to be invested. Um, And then get the feedback and adapt it as you go. But I think that's key first to know what you're even promoting or talking about. And then I think the second step is to ask yourself, if I had to go get clients tomorrow, what ideas what low hanging fruit what i what obstacles do I, come up for me and the reason i ask that question is cuz usually it'll bring up all the things you think you need the, the things you need to work on so if it's like well but i don't know what the price is or but i don't know uh, who to talk to or, but I have a small audience or whatever. So like all the things you need to work on will come up from that question. Mm-hmm. And then of course you can address each one with an, uh, a strategy or sometimes it's a mindset shift that's needed. Like mm-hmm. a you wrote down, well, I feel afraid I won't know the answers if I'm doing this private coaching and my client asks a question I don't know. Well, okay. Then that's like more of a mindset thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So one by one, just working through those and getting it out there to your first people.
0: Sure. And I want to talk about, um, you know, what, so this is more like the feminine side, the feminine energy side. And I had had mentioned prior to recording, like I heard someone last week, um, I was in a, in a group and she was like, I developed this microbiome, you know. I don't know if it's a course or program. And, and she's like, but I have a block to marketing. Like, wh- what have you encountered when people have just blocks to actually yeah. implementing their marketing?
1: A couple things. One is I think that they're afraid either of success or rejection. So a lot of times I've had people who are like, if I actually get a client, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like I got to onboard that like, you know, like they were, they're like afraid of what if they don't like it or whatever. And so that's a fear or they're afraid of like, what if I put it out there and no one buys. So I'm just going to reject myself ahead of time and not market it. Right. So that's one of the things. Another block is they'll say, I don't know. I don't know what to do to market it. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, what if you did know? What if you knew the first step? What if Mm -hmm. What's the next logical thing you can do to share it with your audience today or whatever? So I think that that's more of a procrastination tactic um, than you, you know, most of us know or could look up information any day. Um, And then I think the last thing when it comes to marketing blocks is sometimes they're afraid of how they'll come off or what people Mm -hmm. will think of them. Like, I don't want to come across as salesy or I don't want to talk about this too much or my friends and family from high school follow me and I don't want them to see it. And that's more of you're you're taking your business to we which we do as women and as people who are passionate about what we do a little too personally versus this is a separate entity from you. This is a program product service offer outside of you. You're the CEO and the top Representative and the top affiliate, and you're probably wearing all the hats right now if you're a solopreneur, or maybe you're not, maybe you have people helping you. But the point is, you, if you were the marketing director, you wouldn't be having those thoughts. You'd be like, no, we got to get it out there. People Mm -hmm. need XYZ number of touch points before it actually sinks in. Uh, two percent of people see your Instagram story, so don't worry. Like, people are not gonna remember what you talked about yesterday. Like, there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't be worried about. Um, Oh, I'm being too repetitive or whatever. And I think there's a way that you can tie in your authentic voice and making offers in a way that feels good for you. So some of that just comes down to like finding out what's your copywriting voice, what's your way you want to communicate your offer. But um, so I think that those are some of the main blocks that I've seen
0: hmm. Yeah, they're I mean, they're deeply rooted blocks. It, it is a fear of vulnerability. I've seen recently in a client, uh, he's been in business for 25 years, and I work primarily with women, but I have male clients too. Um, and, and he launched a book after writing it for three years. And you could see this, like, Brené Brown calls it a vulnerability hangover. This like, I, I'm ready to be in thought leadership or be a thought leader, but I'm not and the more i got to know him realizing that there's a lot of blocks going on and there and he built his business it was successful on many levels um and but like this pivot is causing him to really dig into those shadows that are keeping him because what i also realized for example is that he never positioned himself within the company as the main like thought leader he Mm -hmm. always put energy into other people and so like he's got just a lot of blocks going there and and he hesitates to market and be focused and i found that quite interesting um and, and these are you know like i said deeply rooted and and that's why i like to talk about the ancestral patterns societal family of origin issues like these are things where we're not ready to put ourselves out there not ready to be vulnerable so we self-sabotage you know we're fear of being rejected which goes back to rejection or abandonment issues that sort of stuff um and when it comes to business you're right like it it is intertwined in some way but it's like it's a business and you have to put your business CEO hat on your marketing director hat, just like you mentioned, um, and move forward and get past that because it is a business. And then you can continue to address the shadows and stuff that come up along the way, but they will never be completely cleared. Yeah. And so you just have to implement the strategies. I really like to like, Form the strategies around the vision because sometimes we look at oh well they're doing this they're doing this I got to do this but like what's best for you yeah how do you want to market um because some people like hate social media and and want to be out there and for some you know I was looking at anima mundi herbals um they they're They have like 62,000 followers on Instagram and their page or uh, what, or their Instagram account, whatever was not hacked, but like flagged for censorship or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so the owner spoke out about it and she's like, I would rather not be on social media, but it is something that grows our business,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and they have an online and they, you know, they work with products. They have a store in New York, they have, or maybe Brooklyn, um, online presence. And and then they might have courses now, but it's like, it's kind of a necessary thing. Yeah. In the same way, but I'm like, I also know I grow my business if I'm on social media consistently. And so, yeah. um, but I pick what I do and yeah. pick my platforms. My platform's not as big on Facebook for some, whatever reason, but it's bigger on Instagram, um, and LinkedIn. So, you know, you you have to do that. Um, so let's talk about LinkedIn and lead generation since I just mentioned it, I know that's your specialty and I think it's really important. And like I mentioned prior to our call, like someone said it was, I was having coffee and she was like, I know I need to be on there because, you know, especially if you're B2B, Mm -hmm. um, you do need to be on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and, um, and then, but she said, it's the most boring place to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk about that, but one thing really quick, I just want to add to what you were saying about the mindset thing uh-huh. is you have to add, your mission has to be greater than your doubts and the feelings are not a problem. They can come along for the ride, but they don't need to be driving your mm-hmm. all of your decisions. And so you just have to ask, what do I want more of? Do I want to not be on social media just because it bothers me and I hate it, or do I want to grow the opportunity to grow my brand, you know, for free on this platform? And I care more about that than just my dislike of social media. So that's just yeah. one thing I would add there. But with mm-hmm. LinkedIn. You say, oh, it's the most boring platform. I'm like, yes, it's the most low-maintenance platform. It's amazing. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be dancing in reels, right? You know, posting all the time <laughs> on Instagram stories, you know, worried about the algorithm and always changing on Instagram and Facebook. Plus, people on Instagram and Facebook are going on there for entertainment most of the time, mm-hmm. not to like, oh, I'm curious, you know, who I could work with on mm-hmm. blah, 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 Right. So I am actually refreshed by the fact that LinkedIn is a lower maintenance platform and you don't have to post all the time for it to be successful. And LinkedIn is a networking platform. So it is more direct. It is business oriented. It is get in, get out. It's not like I have to sit there and scroll through and, you know, all the things. So that's why I like it. And also it's more of a relationship building platform and tool. And it's very easy to find who you're looking to connect with. So mm-hmm. if you are, let's say a certification founder, let's pretend you have like I had a client who has an aromatherapy program and certification. Mm-hmm. She uses LinkedIn to connect with health and wellness professionals who want to add on an additional offering to their, um, potential, you know, to their, mm-hmm. their offerings. So that's, uh, an example, so you can use it. There's actually a couple different ways you can use it. One is to connect with your ideal clients if they're a certain pro- type of professional. Um, now, if you do not work with, like, let's pretend you just work with people. Well, then you need to maybe on LinkedIn adapt your messaging a little bit to say professionals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it can be adapted if you need to, uh, or mm-hmm. if you work with moms. Well, there's no box you check off, and Sales Navigator does say I, you know, want to just contact moms. There's you'd have to say women who work in, you know, who work right. Um, so they're potential clients. It can also be used to connect with potential partners. So if you want to get on more podcasts related to your industry, or you want to partner with people who you could do guest webinars and grow your email list, or you want to partner with somebody who could be a referral partner, like you're a therapist and you want to partner with somebody else who does a different kind of work that kind of complements, And you guys would have a crossover, but the same audience, that's an option. Um, you can use it for uh, getting potential job and speaking opportunities. So, for example, um, I had a client who got a corporate coaching job actually through LinkedIn, or I have a client who got the ability to speak at a workshop, which then got her private clients. So, there's a bunch of different ways you can use it. Um, but what it comes down to, and what I'd spend more of your time on than just worrying about what you're posting on LinkedIn is the connections you're building. So you can build up to 800 connection requests per month on LinkedIn usually, unless you're using, if you're new to your account and it's free and you're not, you know, you're new to it, you might not be able, it might say you need to work up to that. Um, But then from there, you can start to connect with your connections, build relationships, and that's what we help our clients do and get opportunities, either phone calls or Um, the ability to be on a podcast or things like that. So it's a cool platform in that I've seen the highest return on it compared to Instagram and Facebook, because I do track that. Um, The most calls, the most relationships built. uh, And it's just like less fluff, less distractions, Mm -hmm. less like, oh, you know. And I think the other thing is people think, oh, it's so stiff. Like if I'm going to post on LinkedIn, I can't, I could never Mm -hmm. have any fun or share anything personal. And that's not true. That's mm-hmm. actually not true. The friend of mine who has like a million views on one of his posts, his most popular post was about adopting his two daughters, it has nothing to do with his business. Mm-hmm. So I think people get it a little wrong thinking it's like, just if you want to get a job somewhere, it's just for corporate people. It's just if you're going to be really serious. It's not true. <laughs> entrepreneurs can use it. And it's a great platform for entrepreneurs.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's really something that needs to be looked in. I personally use Tapleo, uh oh. to schedule and manage for LinkedIn, uh, but that's not lead generation. I mean, they do have an outreach feature, but for social media scheduling and analytics and that sort of stuff, not that I can't have analytics on LinkedIn, but I, seem, I feel like and I use it. We use it for uh, clients in our agency, um, mm-hmm. but I I've noticed that it really helps as well, especially for developing thought leadership. I'd yeah. love to know how you do LinkedIn lead generation for your clients, because and um, you may do it in different ways. But there are a lot of lead generator people, appointment setters, you know, those sort of stuff on LinkedIn or who do it for LinkedIn. But I'd love for you to share with the audience how you do it.
1: Yeah. So we use a tool called Sales Navigator, which is free for the first month. And then it is a paid feature. But if you think about it, it's really not a lot of money compared to if you were like doing Facebook ads and paying a retainer to your team plus the ads budget. Like LinkedIn, you don't even need to have an ads budget. You just need to pay for Sales Navigator for high quality targeting. And because you will absolutely get a higher acceptance request like acceptance rate when you send connection requests. We don't know why that is, but it's just how we how it is we've seen. <laughs> so you really do want to have it if you want high quality targeting, and that allows us to get clear on like, Is this a big company owner? So like, do they have purchasing power? Are they located in certain places? What kind of keywords can we maybe put in that will help us find your people? Um, So we do that. And then we send out the um, 200 connection requests a week, which is the maximum you can do currently on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. in 2023. That changes sometimes. So just, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to this in 2025, it might be different. But anyways, then once they accept your connection requests, we and and with that first, you know, intro, we just do like a very short, non-salesy introductory message about why we're connecting or, you know, we're in the same field, or <clears throat> I noticed you're in the Chicago area, or whatever it is. And then the second message is more of a question to engage. So going back to those four basics of client attraction, this is the engage stage. Mm-hmm. And we do not take the approach that most a lot of people take on LinkedIn where you get like those long pitchy messages it's like spam (laughs) and then it's like automated with a follow-up like why didn't you answer me and then there's like this whole series and then it's out of context because even if you do answer their funnel keeps like sending the next message which is really weird so we don't do that we just do the two we get you started and then you take it from there and usually that at that point it'll either be like a call or they say they want your lead magnet or whatever it is you're trying Mm -hmm. to send them to so um or the intro chat for like the podcast booking or whatever so um that's how we do it that's our approach we don't automate a whole system because we've just seen that our clients like to customize at that point or their team does and we don't want like a whole thing where it it gets sent out of context when somebody replies to you
0: Mm -hmm. no I completely agree I think that's the best way honestly, especially for, you know, I know the clients that you work with, and and even some that I work with, because I mean, if you're, uh, you know, multi million dollar company, maybe that works, but um, that some of that automation, but when it's more personalized, when you're a smaller company, uh, I think it has to be personal and, and engaging. So that's the thing. Um, I, I've i had clients, I, I, I do this a lot in my the branding stuff that I do, the brand strategy, it's because it's, it's like shifting the mindset. It is about the client. Yes. You are the guide. Yes. The client's the hero. Cause I use a lot of story brand. And it's like, you have to engage them. You can't just say, this is yeah. top of mind because I have a client who's like, I've done this and um, and I do this. It's like your resume. And it's like, that's nobody cares about your resume. Nobody yeah. cares about your book, that you have a book right now. It's not that they don't care at all. They wanna know how you can help their, help them with whatever issue they have going on right now. Mm-hmm. And so you have to engage them just like your process there to see what's going on. You have to engage with their pose and that sort of stuff. And I think that's really important and a really helpful process that you and your company can implement because it takes time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people ask like, what's in it for me? And that's their approach on when they're building relationships. Mm -hmm. You need to always be asking, what's in it for the other person? How can I be useful? And approaching it with a curiosity feeling instead of like, give me feeling. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I completely yeah. agree. And, um, and I don't think it's necessarily always intentional. It's just the first thing we think about, look at me, look at all my credentials, look at all that I can do. And, um, and it's like, you have to go outside yourself. And how are you going to serve client? What are their needs? And that's what will transform when they come to your sales pages, or your websites, you're engaged with you on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, or Instagram, I guess. Um, and that sort of stuff. And I think it's really important. Do you have any final thoughts, Haley, uh, that you'd like to share?
1: Wow. Well, final thoughts. I mean, I think I would open yourself up to LinkedIn. I think that there's other market, like I'm a believer in, I, I have several different marketing paths I do with clients, but it's not the only way. But I think a lot of people just rule out LinkedIn because they've had too many DMs that are salesy and bad like mm-hmm. that, but you don't have to use it like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's one thing I'd leave you with. And I do have <clears throat> two free gifts if that's okay. Um Wonderful. Yeah. One is my free LinkedIn class that has an example of a collaboration message and a and a like potential client type of engagement message that you can adapt to your own voice. And that's at haileyroe.com slash LinkedIn. Um, And then I have a free client attraction training that kind of goes deeper into those four basics we talked about today. And that's at HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction.
0: Great. We'll pop those into the show notes as well. Uh, So they will be easy linked uh, on the website and on any podcast um, descriptions or whatever app anyone's using. And so people can get in touch with you at HaleyRowe.com and on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram at Haley
1: underscore row. And I'm on Facebook in the Marketing Hub Facebook group.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Haley. I loved having you on. And hopefully some people will start to really think about how to start moving forward past those blocks for marketing, attracting clients and working and engaging on LinkedIn, especially with those freebies that we're going to pop into the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you.